find something that is a little bit outside of your reach and go for it and focus. I would say when I finally cut all of the distractions and truly focused on becoming a syndicator, it changed everything. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Josie Heron. Josie is joining us from Louisville, Colorado. She is the CEO of Waypoints Equity which specializes in class B and C multifamily. Josie's portfolio consists of 350 units as a GP. Josie, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? I'm wonderful, Ash. Thank you so much. This is truly an honor. Oh, it's our pleasure. Josie, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yes, of course. So my background is fairly varied. I started in the military and have experience in engineering as well as finance. And most recently found myself having climbed the corporate ladder as a asset management consultant leading a program for large infrastructure projects with a Fortune 500 company and had a couple of major epiphanies where I realized that there's a better application of my skill set and my experience and found multifamily investing. To sum it up real quick, left my corporate job, used that as a transition and went all in with multifamily investing 
Now I am, like you mentioned, a GP on 350 units and continuing to grow. And we really focus, our sweet spot really is multifamily value-add deals that really range in like the 40 to 100 unit range. And I've found a lot of success there. We're going to continue to focus on current markets and then expand outside of that, our Midwest focus. Where in the Midwest? Kansas City. Kansas City is where we are. Okay. Josie, you said you found multifamily. How did you find it? Yeah. So I was looking for alternate investments outside of the stock market, which I'm a huge saver, huge investor on that front, but we're looking for alternate investments and tax savings. So through a couple podcasts, some networks that we're in, we heard of this essentially a pitch for a syndication that had tax benefits through the opportunity zones. And as I was looking through that pitch, and it was by a, a former military member, so there was some no like and trust factors there, I just light bulbs went off. And uh, I realized what they were doing was so much in line with what I've done in the past. And it also was something that I wanted to learn how to do. And prior to that, talking about the tax perspective, you had your W-2 job for a lot of years. Did you ever think there was a way to diminish your taxable obligations? No. Yeah. No, I thought I had it all figured out. And that was work hard, grow, climb the ladder, save, max out 401ks and IRAs. And that's it. So yeah, huge light bulbs and epiphanies over the last couple of years, for sure. And what was your first deal? I bought a deal myself. It was 24 units and have learned so much from that experience. And it was a bit of a, a leap of faith. You know, I had a couple of single family rentals prior to that. I had a short-term rental, but I knew I wanted to go bigger. And in my mind at that point, bigger was five to nine units, but I actually went to a met a broker, told them, this is my criteria. I want to go bigger, you know, five to nine units. So they're like, okay, we'll start looking. They're sending me deals. I went to a conference that really expanded my mindset. And I went, caught her back and said, hey, I want more units and more value add. I know with my project management background, you know, I can handle running a construction budget. And she's like, no way. Well, I have this property that I'm trying to get the sellers to list and ended up going under contract on that property. Josie, what was it about that conference that changed your mindset? Oh my gosh. This industry is so incredible to begin with because for the most part, it is a win-win industry. Everybody sees that one, there's benefits and partnership. That was my next step, but it was just being inspired. It was mindset. There's a lot of mindset in this world, in this network and not holding myself back. So when I ran the numbers and realized, you know, I, I could go up higher and I could get more units at less price per unit. It's just a matter of really getting the gumption to do it. And when the broker and you spoke, what was the number of units that you purchased? So I ended up buying the 24 unit property, okay. but she was looking for five to nine units for me. <laughs> so. And so that one you purchased all by yourself? Yes. And were you working full-time at the time? I had transitioned to part-time and then got one under contract, kind of reduced my hours because I was already building my business plan. Went under contract on this deal, ended up leaving my full-time job, and then two weeks later, closing on this property. So it was a little premature. I know everybody's trying to make this cushion of passive income, but I knew also when I focus and I'm all in on something that I'm going to have the most success. And I think that really attributed to a lot of my success. 
Was this a class B or C property? It was class C. All right. You're, you're smiling. That's being, <laughs> Tell me how bad it was. <laughs> 1960s era, just not maintained at all. 50% occupancy, significant deferred maintenance. It was over the last year and a half, I've renovated everything. I've redone the systems. I had to move everybody out. It was a huge deal for a first deal. It was huge. You moved everybody out? Yeah. Were they just not paying? No, I needed to change the culture in the property. It had some bad tenants and bad actors. I wanted to increase rent and just bring the whole property up. It's in a good area. It was really the poorly run property with the shady characters. I know it's potential. It just is hard. (laughs) This reminds me of the movie New Jack City. Do you remember that from the 80s? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Was it that bad? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you get tenants out? What do you tell them? Well, I did over time because I didn't have enough carry costs built in just to empty it and renovate. So we kind of had a, a little bit of a prioritization. Who is not paying rent? Those were the first to go. And then who had the lowest rents? And we just, they all were on month to month. So it just was a non-renewal kind of situation. And when I inherited, a lot of them didn't even know if they had leases. It was just a mess. They didn't care. <laughs> no, they were just there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you don't live near this property. No. Your first property, how did you manage everything remotely, especially a huge lift? So kind of coming from both a consultant perspective, as well as I'm, I'm still in the reserves. So I travel a lot. So I did a lot of trips out there and I just, I built a really good team. My contractor is a civil engineer, which was what my undergrad was. We connected immediately and he's got an amazing team, amazing crew, amazing work ethic, and was a partner with the property manager as well. So I just set it up like any project. I'd have multiple touch points a week. And then I, would, I was out there at least once a month for a couple of different days just to oversee things. All right. I was a project manager when I had my corporate career as well. And yeah. this is a different level because now it's your own money and your own emotions. It's, it's so, a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were some hair raising moments when you're trying to be systematic and have your Gantt charts, but then... You know, it's like, oh my God, I'm losing money. This tenant's not leaving. Like, what were some of those crazy moments? There's been a number of them. Some of them material. We're doing renovation on one unit. They open up a wall and it's going to be $10,000 worth of water damage that I wasn't planning. Other were tenant factors. I installed cameras almost right away and learned how to operate them pretty quickly because there were two or three different incidents I had to provide footage to cops because there was some kind of incident right outside my building. So those kind of things, I feel like I can see the bigger picture. I know the vision. I actually have a rendering of this property and where it's going. So I know I just need to get through this phase of it. But there were definitely some times I was like, just take some deep breaths. (laughs) We're going to be fine, but we got to get through this. (laughs) So you never question whether or not you made a good decision. Did you always have the perspective? Okay. Interesting. And how do you change the culture of asset like this? Yeah, I think it really comes down to creating a clean and safe environment that feels welcoming. So we focused on exterior, we focused on interior. We had to move out some folks who just were not ideal tenants, I would say. And then we just we 
did some heavy advertising and marketing and just really screened well. And it's been hard as well because I want to get good tenants in there. But more than anything, I want to stabilize. So that's been tricky as well. But really, I think it's the clean and safe environment. So we installed some really heavy-duty doors, security fobs on the outside, got the security cameras, improved the lighting outside. Those were like number one, like let's get these things done. And at the same time, all of the activity on that property is very noticeable. So tenants know that there's a change. The neighborhood knows that there's a change and kind of just went from there. But it definitely is a process. Josie, how did you know that you were going to be able to turn this around and raise rents? Were the surrounding communities much nicer than this one? Yeah, they definitely were a step or two up. And I did my comparison shopping at the other properties. I knew if I could raise it up to that level, that it was a winning strategy. How long ago was this purchase and what's the condition of it now? Yeah, good question. So I bought it in October of 2020. So it's been a year and a half and we completed all renovations before Christmas and we are in the final lease up phase. There's been a couple of different phases and it's good. We're off to the races. And with the amount of renovations, you have a massive taxable loss, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's got to get easier from here. You tackled a very tough deal. How did you transition to becoming a GP? So at the same time, and at the same conference, I was networking. I had already chosen my market, which was Kansas City. And obviously, you remember 2020, everything was virtual. So I'm at a virtual conference. There's all these breakout rooms. I meet some investors who also are looking at Kansas City and end up meeting a gentleman who becomes my future business partner. He had an 80-unit deal under contract and was looking for investors. At the same time, he had used a lot of the same contacts that I was using in terms of he he used the same lender in the past, the same broker. He started kind of mentoring me on this property that I was about to tackle, developed some good rapport. And then I jumped on to his deal as an investor. And eventually, because of my super strong interest in, in tax and legal, he brought me in as a general partner there to run all of the cost segregation studies and the tax portion of that syndication. And from there, it grew. As we were closing on that 80-unit property, we had another property that had just become available, I would say, to a third partner in that deal was the actual property manager. He had another deal that had just come off market to him, and they gave it to me to run and lead that deal because this 80-unit deal we had just closed. So there's a ramp up there. The 44-unit deal came to us. So I led the acquisition on that. And then we just had momentum. We'll get back to the show. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business? Or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. 
To find out more, text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. How much money did you raise for each of those projects? Oh gosh, our average deal is about 1.5 to 2 million raised. And why Kansas City? I looked at rent to price ratios, I looked at population growth and job growth across the country. I did this analysis in April, May of 2020. So COVID had hit, things were crazy. Kansas City was not top of my market analysis. There were some other markets that were, but during a COVID environment, it was closer to the top. And I live in Colorado. I could drive there. And that really is why I started focusing on Kansas City. And I did drive several times, which was fine. I fly now when I go, but that was why. And once I started networking and finding all those great resources there, it just it kind of has grown and solidified. We get off-market deals now where I hear so many other syndicators are putting 100 LOIs out to get a good deal. How are you getting the off-market deals? Is it from brokers? Yeah, relationships. And they know that we can close and they know that we can handle heavy value adds. How long has your partner been in this space? He probably was there three or four years ahead of me. Okay. And what are your roles today? So, like I said, for the first couple of deals, we switched back and forth with acquisitions. I would say now he is definitely acquisitions lead. I am more on the asset management as well as the capital raising I've got the platform, I've got the blogs and the outreach, and they've got two other partners now as well. They kind of fit in with property management and capital raising as well. And Josie, what's your bottleneck today? Is it deals? Is it investors? Neither. I think on deals, we're good and on investors, we're good. It's creating the systems to scale. So we, great momentum, got to 350. We're now managing and operating all of those and trying to put in place I mean, we have good systems. We're trying to make them better so that we can take those more strategic moves going forward. What were some of your biggest growing pains? As partners, I would say when something goes a little bit awry from your well-laid-out business plan and your well-laid-out pro forma, it's working through that set. Like, how do you problem-solve and get to a solution in a partnership that is going to meet the mark for the investors. One of our properties had a water issue where we had out of nowhere, some really high water bills. 
And for two months, we weren't able to distribute to investors. And that caused a lot of pressure and stress on the partnership. It was eye-opening in terms of how are we going to operate through thick and thin. And I think that was probably one of the bigger challenges is we need to come together and, and make the right decisions to get this property on course. But then two, who's leading, who's taking this role? How are we all supporting each other as we go through? And what was the reaction from investors? We over-communicate, especially in a situation like this. And I think there was understanding. There also was a, a need to know, well, what is the plan and what is next? So we just would communicate on a regular basis what we were doing, what actions we were taking, what we were finding, what we thought the next couple months would look like. And we always have a CRM and the bang list and the emails, but we were making phone calls and just making sure that everybody understood what was going on and what it meant. How was the communication done? Was it through phone, email? Both, but I would say the phone was most effective. I had several conversations where you talk through it. You say, this is what happened. This is what we're doing and how we're solving it. And this is what you should expect moving forward. And the investors understood it is real estate. Things do happen. And what's on the horizon for you? What's next? Yeah, so we're going to continue to operate in Kansas City. Like I said, our business model there is working really well. But we want to take that motto and move it to another market or two. So I'm refreshing my market analysis. We've got a couple markets that we're targeting. And so we're developing relationships and going to start hitting the road here shortly to go and really fine tune that strategy. But the goal is to syndicate three syndications a year, I think would be good. We did four last year. So I think three and then potentially larger deals as well. And Josie, your analytics and systems background, what did you find were some pain points with implementing systems? And what are some of the things that did not work out as expected? Well, one thing I think is in my corporate world, like you said, with my background, I'm used to being the lead or in charge of a team and you kind of set things one way and it happens. In a partnership, that's not necessarily the case. You have to meet each other at the same level. And so I would implement systems. We use Asana and I'm very much up to speed with that, but it's kind of the bringing everyone into the fold, I think is one of the challenges. It's not, it's not a concern. It's just getting everybody on the same page and moving in the right direction. Well, how do you do that? If you have somebody that's not a systems guy or gal and just somebody that flies by the seat of their pants, how do you bring that person into your world and systemize them, so to speak? Good question. Communication. We've got regular calls twice a week as partners, and then we've got calls with our property managers. And you put it up and you go through the list and you say, this is what we're tracking. How's this going? And just create more of a structured approach there. And also on a platform where everybody has access and, and we can all see as a team and we can communicate as a team. That's the status. Josie, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say find a mentor and educate yourself, but don't do that to the point of inaction. Find something that is a little bit outside of your reach and go for it and focus. I would say when I finally cut all of the distractions and truly focused on becoming a syndicator, it changed everything. Do you have a mentor now? I do. Yes. How did you find him or her? I did a lot of homework. <laughs> I did a lot of homework and a lot of asking of folks within this multifamily network. And some of the younger people that want a mentor, what advice would you give them on how to approach that individual? It is always, as you know, about adding value and 
I've been approached to sponsor deals or to mentor, and I'm always open to that. I think other syndicators are, as long as it makes sense from my standpoint. There is risk there. So if you can come and add value immediately, and that could be with hustle, maybe you have an IT background and you can help fix my CRM, anything like that is super helpful. And then the exchange would be, let me show you how to work on some of these deals. I have two mentees right now, I would say. I would love to maybe someday get into coaching. I think it's a little early for that for me, but I've got two different masterminds I run, one for women and one for military investors. That's more of a sounding board, but from that, I've got two mentees that are helping me build my business and I'm showing them everything I know. Josie, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am, Ash. Let's do it. Josie, what's the best ever book you recently read? Okay, so I go back to The Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke quite often. So that one is a favorite. I've got it earmarked. And it's geared towards passive investors, but I've learned a lot from that as well. Josie, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Oh my goodness. I do a lot of donations and charity work with veteran organizations. We actually give 10% of our profits to vet organizations. But I do have to put in a little bit of, I don't know if it's a plug. I just spent the last three months on orders as a reservist, and I was helping the Afghanistan refugees. So I would say that's giving back. Yeah, (laughs) 100%. You know, that was, uh, pulled me me aside. And one major issue that these refugees are having, we've settled now 50,000 in our communities, is they need to find housing. And it's been a really tricky road for me to walk trying to help resettle them and also being on the multifamily side because they don't have proven income. They don't have a background check. And so I just wanted to give the pitch out there that there are so many refugees and people who are coming from a great background, great skill set, great work ethic that may or may not have all of our normal screening kind of criteria. So yeah, I've given back the last couple of months by, by helping these individuals. And I think the next step is, can our community now help them? Incredible. Josie, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? My company is Waypoints Equity, and the Waypoints speak to those different pivotal decision points we all have in our life. And I would say go to my website, waypointsequity.com, or you can reach me. My email is josie, J-O-S-I, at waypointsequity.com. Josie, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and your story with your military background in the corporate world, asset management, getting into real estate and then going big with that change in mindset. And thank you for your military service and your sacrifices as well. Thank you, Ash. Best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with someone who you think will benefit from it. Please also follow and subscribe. Have a best ever day.